get to all of them. And ULM just comments on social media in the last, what, hour and a half since it came out about Rich Rod than maybe ever. So everyone that is commenting on Rich Rodriguez should donate $100 to the ULM Athletic Foundation. I mean, seriously. I mean, you're going to go through. You're going to start. You need to have money. Bottom line. Is that how Alabama does it? Okay. You're bringing that up. No, it's the Red Elephant Club, REC. Brett says, I don't know what they call those, maybe bumpers, but I love the new voice thing on Sports Talk. Thank you. We like those, too. Uh, Let's see. Let's go behind enemy lines. (laughs) JB, ULM getting Rich Rodriguez as OC and his son as QB. I see there's another one. About ULM, let's see, another one about ULM and Rich Rod. Look, look I'm, I'm glad that there's finally something positive to talk about. Uh, Jacob chimes in, would LSU be equal to or better than Bama if Saban had never left? You'd have to say, yeah. No, I, I think that the... NCAA would have investigated them by now. <laughs> I look at it from a different perspective. Sure you do. As, you look no, no. at it from. <laughs> no, I look at it from a Saints fan side, too. Like, do I give up the Saints' best stretch in club history for Saban to go to Alabama or to stay at LSU? No. I, I'd have rather save and left. That is the most I, irrational argument. I mean, it's like, no, no, no. Because if Saban go doesn't go to Miami, then the whole Drew Brees, Drew Brees thing doesn't happen. Like, it's the whole butterfly well, effect. The Chargers were getting rid of Drew Brees anyway. They just wouldn't would mind. The point being, everything happens for a reason. The same, Drew Brees might not so end up you, in New Orleans. If Sean, if Nick Saban doesn't end up in Miami, so you just ask yourself this question: Would you mm-hmm. give up Saban at LSU for Drew Brees to never be a Saint? Well, that I mean, no one. That's just. I, 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 I'm looking at it from a Saints and LSU perspective. Not everybody's a Saint and LSU fan. If you're just an LSU fan, then hell no. It's just a weird argument. No, it's it's not that weird. Everything played out the way it was supposed to play out. If Drew Brees goes to Miami and Saban and the the team doctors in Miami don't say you don't sign him, then Drew Brees stays in Miami. And he doesn't end up in New Orleans. And they draft Cam Newton and you and I are on the same team. No, that was the year they would have had to draft Matt Leinert. Oh. Can't wait for what irrational thoughts you're going to have tomorrow. We'll be venturing behind any enemy lines. You know, know, Quint doesn't say a whole lot that makes sense sometimes, but you know what? If anybody was – I should let you handle all the things cheating because if anybody knows cheating, it is an Auburn Tiger. Quint needs to come up with some new material. That and scam is old, but, yes, we did write the book on that. Well, we had one chapter from SMU that we left out. And I love that it's irrational from the king of irrational. Mr. Conspiracy Theory. Mr. I've got my favorite team because I took a dump at a truck stop in Paducah. Hey, 
Cleveland so or the Browns. The last name is the Browns. It's only logical. There's an irrational. There's part yeah, of your thought process. Yeah, exactly. Huh. I'm going to regret asking Brownie to come in for two days. For Nick Brown, for John Tabor, good show, folks. We'll see you same time tomorrow, 3 o'clock. For now, this This has been The Sports Company with Sean Fox, presented by Bud Light. Come back every weekday, 3 to 6 p.m. for more Sports Company on Sports Talk 977. Want to help Four Paws Rescue give the homeless animals of Lincoln Parish food, shelter, and medical care? You can make a monetary donation through their ACH program. Interested in adopting a new furry friend? Visit Four Paws at their new location, 290 Rodeo Road in Ruston. Hours are Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5. A good pet is waiting for a good home. For more information, call 251-DOGS. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experience representation. This is Sports Talk 97.7, now on KPCH Ruston 99.3. It's time for the First National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show. This is your source for Louisiana Tech Sports News. For the next 90 minutes, Bleed Tech Blue Radio goes deep inside tech football, basketball, and recruiting. Tonight's show on Sports Talk 99.3 is also brought to you by... O'Neill Gas, Brister's Smokehouse, Courtesy Automotive, Dairy Queen, Walpole Tire, Ideal Portable Buildings, Kirk Joyner Graduate Sales, and Bienville Motors. Text us on the Fairway Carts text line at 888-993-7762. Here's your host, Ben Carlisle. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, on solo again this week. Lead Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk, 99.3 FM. John Tabor also joining me here in the Sports Talk, 99.3 studio here in Ruston, Louisiana. Big show planned for tonight. I want to thank our sponsors, First National Bank, Fairway Cars, Dairy Queen, Courtesy Automotive, Walpole Tire, Ideal Portable Buildings, Benville Motors, Ball 4 Graduate Sales, Brister Smokehouse, and O'Neill Gas, of course, you can get us on the Fairway Carts hotline or text line, number 888-993-7762. Where do we start? Dunkin' Dogs, Lady Texters, get a weekend split with Western Kentucky. Dunkin' Dogs go on the road, drop a 66-64 decision to the Hilltoppers in Diddle Arena Friday night, bounce back with a 63 58 win on Saturday. Tapes, if I told you heading in 
to conference play, the Bulldogs were 2-2. Two and two. If you knew nothing about all four conference games after four games, would you have taken a split against two of the better teams in the league? Yes. If I told you that Tech blew a 17-point home lead to Marshall and let a late lead at Western Kentucky slip away, I would imagine you'd be extremely disappointed. Maybe not extremely, but yes, disappointed. That's where we stand. January the 12th, your Bulldogs pick 7th in the preseason poll, uh, which I thought was probably a, a little bit lower than I expected, but you lose Daquan Bracey, you lose Derek Jean, uh, two of your backcourt guys that you came to know in Rustin over the years. So, it, like you said, 2-2 two and two after four games within conference play. Uh, I think you'd have to be pretty satisfied with where you stand. Now, looking ahead to future weeks, obviously UTSA comes to the Thomas Assembly Center this week. We'll get into that matchup a little bit later in the show. Um, if you don't know the names Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace, you better get to know them. But you got to make some hay with the future schedule coming up for the Bulldogs. Like I mentioned, UTSA comes to town this weekend, looking at the Lady Texers, Brooke Store and her program were at home. Uh, got an opportunity to talk with uh, Brooke this afternoon. Got an opportunity to talk with Eric Conkle as well. Lady Texters fall 61-55 Friday night. I believe the final six points of that game that Western Kentucky scored came from the free throw line. And then the Texters bounced back with a six-point win of their own on Saturday afternoon, 58-52, and really talking to Coach Store this afternoon. And I would imagine that Coach Conkle feels the same way. Uh, with the Friday-Saturday back-to-backs, you don't have a ton of opportunities to, quote-unquote, change your game plan uh, from a scheme standpoint, what you're trying to do offensively and on the defensive end of the floor. So really, you take a look at the film Friday night, you come back in Saturday morning, and you really try to do the things that you did well on Friday. You try to do them even better on Saturday. And really, that's what happened with the Lady Texters. You give up 21 offensive rebounds to a 1-5 Western Kentucky team that, quite frankly, they didn't have a Division One win coming into the game. But it is what it is. And entering Saturday, Brooks says she really challenged her team to – not only play better defensively, but rebound the basketball defensively better. And the Texers bounce back with a 58-52 win after 21 offensive rebounds on Friday night, only allow eight on Saturday afternoon to the Lady Hilltoppers. So what are we going to get into tonight? Well, we got, we got some transfer news. We're going to recap the national championship. I have some... Uh, thoughts on that? Uh, I know Sean and Nick and the gang uh, with the sports company elaborated on the landscape of college football. And is Alabama, is Clemson, is Ohio State not necessarily hurting the product, but are they driving fans away? I'll, I'll give my thoughts on that coming up in the next seven at six thirty. Jeff Burris, Louisiana Tech defensive backs coach, will call us. On the Fairway Carts Hotline, Coach Burris has spent a number of years in Ruston now. I believe he'll be entering 
year four in 2021, spent 10 years in the NFL, going to pick his brain, um, not only with the Louisiana Tech roster, but what made Coach Burris want to get into the world of coaching after being a first-round NFL draft pick out of Notre Dame, out of after being spending 10-plus years in the NFL, what was it like for him to have the opportunity to coach two great defensive backs at Louisiana Tech in Legereus Sneed and Amik Robertson? And then on top of that, what do the Bulldogs need to improve after some suspect play in the secondary in 2020? I can tell you one thing that will help the Bulldogs improve. Tech added two transfers on Friday. Elijah Hamilton, six foot two, two hundred and five pound cornerback safety out of Vanderbilt, uh, was a starter at Vanderbilt this past year, started six games, a team captain. Uh, you know he's got the ability to play if he got an opportunity to play on the back end of a Derrick Mason defense. Uh, played around 500 snaps in his career, so a big addition. And the second addition, another cornerback out of Tennessee, Balin Buchanan. Tapes, let me ask you this. Does the name Ray Buchanan ring a bell? Yes. Former NFL quarterback. I remember his days in Atlanta. It's nothing against Ray, but I was never a fan of his. Neither was I. I think he wore number 34. Which means he was probably a pretty good, pretty good player. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. So, Balin Buchanan comes to Louisiana Tech from Tennessee. Started 12 games for the Volunteers in 2018 at corner. Has 1,500 snaps under his belt in his career. Uh, sat out the 2019 season with spinosis, uh, which is basically anytime you hear a spine injury, it's obviously an immediate cause for concern, and rightfully so. But Trent Taylor played with spinosis at Louisiana Tech. I don't think it seemed to impact his impact his career all that much. So, listen, you can play with it. Tennessee didn't want to clear him to play, so he sat out 2019, opted out of 2020. So. Can he get back from some of that rust? But listen, when you're playing the transfer portal, and I know that's a big topic of discussion, if you're Louisiana Tech, you're not going out to a Big Ten program and pulling a guy that's played 2,500 snaps in his career as an all-conference performer and started 33 games. That's just not what you're playing with. Those types of guys, and we'll get to that in just a sec, those guys are the ones that the Power Fives are all over. I mean, if you have any resemblance of experience, Power Fives, they might not necessarily want you to become a starter, but at worst, you're in there too deep. Uh, A guy that's played 2,500 snaps and made 33 career starts, that's who they want in there too deep in this era of college football. So if you're Louisiana Tech, you got to really break down the film, use some connections that you have, both Hamilton and Buchanan, are out of Atlanta, Georgia, which, let's be honest, that's an area that Tech is starting to get more and more involved in on the recruiting landscape. A number of assistants on the Tech staff have some ties to that area. So you have to be excited about getting both Hamilton and Buchanan into the program. And even bigger than that, both guys will be here for spring practice, which... You get an additional 15 practices. You figure out where you're at. Hey, maybe one of them isn't good enough. Well, guess what? You got a whole summer to go out and find you an additional 
defensive back or two that can come in and help you in the fall of 2021. Some other news. Anton Lewis, starting right tackle in 2020, obviously opted out after the 33-day layoff following the UAB game, has decided to enter his name into the transfer portal. Um, I don't think this was that much of a surprise. We've talked about it at length on BleedTechBlue.com. Of course, you can join us there for only nine ninety five a month. It was expected that Lewis would enter the portal. He's another guy, Played has played two years at Tech, came to Tech from a junior college, seven, 800 snaps in his career, guarantee you ends up in an FBS program. Whether he's a starter or not, that's to be determined. But anytime you got experience, that's what programs are looking for in this day and time. Later in the show, of course, 6.30, I mentioned Jeff Burris, defensive backs coach, will join us, 6.45, going to break down Louisiana Tech split with Western Kentucky. 7 o'clock, Talvin Hester, Louisiana Tech men's basketball assistant coach, will join us. Um, I, I'm really excited to get Coach Hester on to get some of his in-depth knowledge. He's been really instrumental, you know, going back to Mike White, the early days of Eric Cockle, we saw Louisiana Tech have some real true ties to the state of Florida on the recruiting trail. Shifting now as we're into year six under Eric Cockle, we've seen the Bulldogs really dip into the state of Texas. Kenneth Lofton Jr., Xavier Armstead out of McLennan Junior College. I know he hasn't been a big contributor. Jacoby Pemberton, Stacey Thomas, Isaiah Crawford, Kobe Williams, Ty Elder, the list goes on and on, and Coach Hester has been extremely instrumental in the recruiting trail in the state of Texas for the Bulldogs, so I'm excited to pick his brain on that. I'm really excited to pick his brain on when you go out to recruit a high school basketball player. I don't think it's any secret that Division One college basketball, college football, college baseball – those guys are going to stick out on paper or to the naked eye as far as being better than their competition. What is he looking for when he goes out on the recruiting trail? How much in-depth knowledge does he not only have of the player from a size, strength, grade, coaching, you know, talking to his high school coaches, but how far in-depth does Louisiana Tech go when they evaluate some of these recruiting prospects? And then, of course, at 7:15 put a bow on the show, talk a little bit about Louisiana Tech, the Dunkin' Dogs home matchup with UTSA this week. And we'll also get into a little bit at some point in the show, maybe in the next segment, the Athletic actually came out with their top. They ranked the programs across college football 1-127. to 127. Where does Louisiana Tech rank? Where does everyone else in Conference USA rank? What does this say about Conference USA? The worst football conference in the FBS. I said it. Yes, I did. I said it. The worst FBS conference in college football in 2020. So let's go ahead and take our first time out. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit about the national championship. Give our thoughts on Alabama's 52-24 victory over Ohio State. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 99.3 FM. At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. 
Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, Bulldog fans, this is Mark Richardson with BMW Motors in Arcadia. Are you looking for the lowest possible price for a used car or truck? My fellow Bulldog and partner Jeff Robinson has been out scouring area dealerships looking for the best possible deals. When he finds them, we bring them to Bimble Motors in Arcadia and pass on those deals to you. Come check us out in Arcadia, and when you do, you'll be able to say, I know I got the best deal. Go, dogs. Motors in Arcadia. This may be an unprecedented year, but it's still an exciting year for LaTeX. And Fairway Carts in Minden remains loyal blue. From the new football season to the growth and improvements in the sports facilities, Fairway Carts is proud to support everything good at LaTeX. And everything good is more fun on a new Easy Go. So stop by and let them show you the right golf cart, utility, or multi passenger Easy Go for your family from Fairway Carts in Minden. Call today, 371 Cart, and go Bulldogs! Graduate Sales. You know us as the class ring people, and you should. We've been supplying the area with graduation specialty products like class rings for more than 60 years. At Graduate Sales, there's so many things we offer, though. Name cards, mailing accessories, note cards, T-shirts, shorts, memory gifts, memory books, announcements, inserts, too. Rely on us for all your graduation needs, including class rings. Call Kurt Joyner at Graduate Sales or go online, www.graduatesalesury.com. That's www.graduatesalesury.com. As much a part of your day as a cold beer in the fridge. Sports Talk 99.3. You gotta love it. Tech Sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts Hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio. BC, flying solo on a Tuesday night. Sports Talk 99.3 FM. Of course, you can get us on the Fairway Carts Hotline or text line number 888-993-7762. So, I wanted to get into a little bit talking about the college football playoff. Uh, give my thoughts on Alabama's 52-24 victory over Ohio State, who I'll be I'll be real blunt about it. I didn't necessarily believe that Ohio State believed to play in the game. Not that I didn't believe they were a top-four team in the country. I just thought you should have played 10, 12 games just like everybody else had. But that's beside the point. So Alabama comes out in this game, and we heard the different um, – I, I don't know if you would call it forms of trash talk throughout the week. You know, Ohio State had the COVID issues that kind of reared its head at one point, talking about delaying the game. Saban's daughter takes a shot. Um, I don't blame her for that. I think it's – quite honestly, I think it's a little funny that Saban's daughter would come out and say that because – um, I think everybody else around the country, especially down here in SEC country, is probably thinking the same thing. And then you have Sean Wade comes out talking about how he wants a shot at Devontae Smith, and I don't necessarily have any sort of problem with that. I think that um, 
if you're oh, right. Oh, he, he got a shot of him. Yeah, he, he did. He, he got uh, 12 catches for 215 yards and three touchdowns hey, and a half of football. Wade's a solid NFL corner. He, he made some great plays in coverage elsewhere in the game. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he got a shot at him. Yeah. He, no, James, he got a shot at Devontae Smith. There, there's no doubt about that one it, with any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, you have Sean Wade saying that. And, really, Bama was like, you know what, forget it. Like, we're going to go out. Steve Sarkeesian drew up the perfect game plan just as he has all year. And it's a little bit easier probably to draw up a perfect game plan when you have Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, and Najee Harris. I thought it was interesting, too. I, I watched some of the postgame presser today. And, you know, the media, and I hate to slam the media because I, I guess I'm more part of a local media, but the media always likes to ask these questions that really make no lick of sense. And they asked Dev- or Najee Harris about how it was such an easy game. And Devontae Smith, or Najee Harris was like, an easy game? He's like, I got hit in the throat about 15 times. It was like, that game was far from easy. He was like, every time we went play action, they sent both linebackers up the middle, and they just crushed me. And he's like, I got sick and tired of that, you know what. And it's like, it's like the media like thinks like 52-24 is an easy win, and it's like Najee Harris is like, yeah, BS. Like, I'll be barely even able to walk tomorrow morning. But, yeah, and I thought, like, going back to Sarkeesian's game plan, he did a tremendous job of getting Smith the ball, 12 catches, 215 yards, three touchdowns in the first half. Mac Jones, you know, 464 yards, five touchdowns. Harris had – you know, 178 yards total offense, three touchdowns of his own. Uh, I thought Ohio State got a break early in the game, had an opportunity to tie it after Jones fumbled. But from that point on, Ohio State never had a chance. I never thought Ohio State had a legit chance of winning that football game as it was being played. Bama was just so much better than They were faster than them. And that's a that's a change from what we've seen from the Urban Meyer Ohio State teams to Ryan Day's Ohio State teams is they don't have the speed that Ohio State had in that Meyer era. Now, is that to say they would have beat Alabama? I don't believe so. But to my point. So so, so what you're saying is Bucky has gone back to being a Big Ten football team. Absolutely. And I think the Big Ten's gone back to being the Big Ten. Let's be honest. Speed kills. Yeah, and listen, Penn State sucks. Michigan's not any good. Nebraska's not. Tapes, this is this is all you need to know. When you're hanging your hat on Indiana and Northwestern, the conversation comes to an end. That's all. That's all I got to say. And uh, all the folks in the Big Ten and up north wanted to say that in that Ohio State beat Indiana and Northwestern, and I get it. But let me tell you something: those two programs aren't known for football. Northwestern, they're pretty smart. They sent a number of people to Bristol to work for ESPN. Indiana, Bob Knight ain't walking through that door. That's all I'm going to say. Tough Borland, did you see him try to cover Devontae Smith? And I ain't saying linebackers in college football should be covering receivers. But tough Borland, you didn't look too tough right there. Might have had 14 tackles, but you did it in the process of giving up 52 points. Now, Alabama wins their sixth national championship in the last 12 years. I think they've played for it two additional times, both losses to Clemson. Or did they They, they also lost to Ohio State one time, too. Yeah, I think Clemson got them twice. The semis once. Oh, it was the semis once. And then once. Cardale, Ohio State with Cardale. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
So they've played for it, you know, 67% of the times over the last 12 years. But is this bad for college football? I don't think it's necessarily bad for college football, but the the talk of expanding the playoff is always going to be something that's discussed amongst us, the folks, the media, the radio personalities, because that's that's something that kind of passes the time, I, I guess is the best way to say it. But the big question to me is how how do you take some of that power or some of that competitive advantage away from Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and some of these programs that are there in the playoff year in and year out like these three are. And my thing is, you're never going to take the power away from them. If anything, like I've heard it mentioned, let's go from 85 scholarships to 75. You've lost your mind if you ever think that the Power Five will agree to it. They'll agree to 100 football scholarships before they ever agree to 75 because money doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter. Auburn paid Gus Malzahn $24 million to go away so they could go get Boise State's 9-3 and Brian Harson. Hey, might prove to be a great hire. Never going to convince me that Harson's that much better of a coach than Gus Malzahn. But, so could you expand the playoff? Do you lower the number of scholarships? Is Bama and Ohio State and Clemson bad for the playoff? I think it's eventually going to hurt the hurt the product in terms of ratings. But I'm also a college basket or a college football fan. That's what I love watching every Saturday in the fall. There's nothing better than waking up on a Saturday morning, flipping on game day, flipping on the big noon Saturday show on Fox, 11 a.m. kick. Watching Illinois play Iowa to a 17-14 to 14 battle with seven turnovers. Like, I love putting myself through the misery. But when the real football gets going at 2.30 until midnight, yes, I can catch some Arizona State and Arizona in a 70-7 to 7 game at 11.30 at night. I like it. I don't have anything else to do. But as far as the college football playoff and the product, it is being hurt by the same teams playing in it year in and year out from a ratings perspective. But I don't think the the only thing that's ever going to knock Alabama off their pedestal is when Nick decides, I've had enough. When Dabo says, you know what, I've had enough. I think Clemson has proved itself enough over the last 10, 11 years that they're going to continue getting top five recruiting classes. Get this. And, Taves, I don't know if you saw this. That 2017 recruiting class with Alabama, it's just going to blow your mind. Twenty one recruiting class, eight first-round NFL draft picks. In one recruiting class, Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood. That's quarter of the league. Yeah. Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood, Dylan Moses, Jerry Judy, Tua, Jedrick Wills, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, Mac Jones. Tapes, these aren't guys going 32nd overall either. I mean, these are top 15 picks. That doesn't even mention Dylan Moses, who has an opportunity to go in the first round. Xavier McKinney went in the second round as a safety. Probably the best recruiting class of all time, or dang near close to it. 
So you're not going to keep Alabama from getting its prospects because not only are they getting the prospect, they're developing the talent as well. So the only thing that's going to get college football back, so to speak, is Nick Saban retiring. But my question is this. How much of people saying that college football is losing some of its luster has to do with all the crap that we had to deal with this year and the lack of ability to go to a game if you want to go to a game. Because I feel like if it was a normal year, we'd be rolling on. You'd have your section of the country saying that why didn't USC get its shot? They talk every year. USC sucks. That's why they don't get their chance. The Pac-12 is not very good. But I just don't think that we can debate this till we're blue in the face about how Alabama's bad for college football or I don't even think Ohio State's necessarily bad because I don't think Ryan Day has necessarily proved himself to be an elite upper tier. And I say upper tier. I don't know if you can say he's a top five coach in the country. I I think that you could debate that with a number of different names after Dabo and Nick. And so Ohio State's really going to be tested. But the good thing for college football in 2021 is to me is this. And we talked about it this morning on the edge with Cole Kubelik. Alabama loses Mac Jones. Clemson loses Lawrence. I get it. DJ's pretty good. I'm not going to try to say his last name. Ohio State loses Justin Fields. There's going to create some more injury. But who's going to step up to that forefront? Is Georgia ready? I'd like to see Georgia compete for a national championship. I don't think A&M can because they're going to be starting a true freshman or redshirt freshman quarterback and Haynes King at a long view a kid that Louisiana Tech recruited. But it's just extremely difficult to say that these teams are also going to just fall off the map as well. They're going to be there, but maybe that gives college football some hope and at least some suspense because when you have Trevor Lawrence coming back as a junior, you knew Clemson was going to be there, bottom line. You knew Ohio State would figure out a way. You knew Kevin Warren would get them in. Kevin Warren's the best commissioner in the country. Did I just say that? I'm kidding. Kevin Warren's not any good at all. But I, I thought the college football playoff was what it was, was what it, is what it is. This year you get all three games are blowouts, which is unfortunate for the sport itself. But I enjoyed watching them. I wish we could have seen it with 75,000 folks down in Miami. I think that's a lot of the appeal to college football for me is some of the atmospheres that can be created on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday night when, when you're talking about in Columbus or in, in Bryant-Denny in Tuscaloosa or you talk about in Happy Valley at Penn State. Some of those things are more, imp- I, I say more important, but that's what brings me in. It's like seeing those atmospheres on TV, and I think that's what college football really needs back in 2021 to kind of pick up some more steam more than it needs to it brings each community together yeah oh absolutely no no doubt about it let's go ahead and take our next time out we come back louisiana tech defensive back coach jeff burris will join us you listen to bleed tech blue radio sports talk 99.3 fm
The Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show is brought to you in part by O'Neill Gas. O'Neill Gas offers propane delivery to homes and businesses throughout North Louisiana and South Arkansas. They also offer a wide range of propane and natural gas appliances. For more info, go to O'NeillGas.com. Uncommon. How would you describe it? Would it be above the ordinary? Outstanding? Exceptional? First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank, is above the ordinary. An outstanding bank dedicated to exceptional customer service, trust, and courtesy. First National Bank, we promise to be uncommon in all the things we do. Member FDIC. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics, plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. DQ fans know everything's better with bacon, and now that includes the fan-favorite $6 meal deal with a bacon cheeseburger plus a refreshing Coke, fries, and a sundae. It's ready to be your next flavor time fill-up. It's all for just 6 bucks, and it's available all day long. So when the hunger hits, you can start mealing, dealing, shaking, and baking. Only at your DQ. Happy tastes good. Turn it up, turn it on, and leave the rest to us. Sports Talk 99.3. Want to find out stuff about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC. John Tabor joining you. Sports Talk 99.3 FM. Let's go right to the Fairway Carts hotline. Joined by Louisiana Tech defensive backs coach Jeff Burris. Coach, thanks for taking some time out for us tonight. No problem, BC. How are you doing this evening? Oh, pretty good. So, Coach, first things first, I wanted to ask you. You had the opportunity to play 10 years in the NFL. Obviously, after you wrapped up your career at Notre Dame, you became a first-round NFL draft pick selected by the Buffalo Bills back in 1994. The Bills got their first playoff win, and it feels like forever this past weekend. I guess a two-part question. How cool was it to see the Bills get a playoff win, and what was it like playing for one of the most rampant fan bases in all the National Football League? Well, it, it was it was exciting. I actually that was the first the first chance I've had a, just to sit and watch an entire game. I I try to watch uh, games as we have time during the season, but uh, my wife and I sat down and watched the game, and I was I was excited for the Bills fans, the Bills mafia, and it, it just the city deserves it. Uh, it's when I say fan base, you know, they're they're winning organizations, but. As far as the fans are concerned, there there are no more loyal fans in the country than the Bills Mafia. So it was exciting to see uh, see that the team play so well, and just for them to win, uh, have a, uh, a playoff victory, but more more so at home, and definitely excited to watch. Absolutely, and so following your NFL career, and I guess going throughout your NFL career, at what point did you decide 
it, after you did retire, did you want to become a coach? You know, that's a, that's an interesting question because initially I, I never thought I'd be able to, to – it, it, being, a, being a former player, we, we all assume that we can come in and coach. And sometimes it's hard to translate what you, your, your knowledge from playing days to try to teach young men what you know. And sometimes it, it, it's, it's very hard to do. I mean, there are obviously successful coaches. Coach Holtz has been successful in doing it and so many other great coaches around, uh, around the collegiate profession. But for me, it was I, I started helping out with a youth football program. And um, at the time, my son was just getting involved, and it, I just caught the bug. I, I, I thought I was going to get into broadcasting, which I, I did it for a short period of time, and I, I definitely not as good as you are on, on the air. So, so <laughs> I, I transferred, to, transferred to something else and uh, got into coaching, like I said, got into the youth football program, and uh, just caught the itch. And I, my first job was uh, at Fisher High School in Indianapolis, Indiana, and really enjoyed it and just just wanted to to keep giving back and so uh looking at your bio obviously i know you at 2016 you were with notre dame as an analyst 2017 you went to northern iowa as a defensive backs coach before coach holtz hired you in the spring of 2018 what was the appeal to you to take that next step and come from northern iowa to ruston to coach uh at louisiana tech and for skip holtz i'm sure you guys have had a relationship, uh, you know, for a good di- good portion of your lives. It, it was funny how how everything transpired. I was actually I, I followed Skip's career throughout uh, after he left Notre Dame, and I became UConn head coach, and just following him all the way around in his career. So I watch games periodically, and it just so happened I was sitting there watching our season had ended. We had uh, just got got knocked out the playoffs, and I was watching the Frisco Bowl. And as I was watching the Frisco Bowl, I kept hearing Kitty Bill's name called constantly, and then Meek Robinson, and just so many guys out. And I and I watched the game against SMU, and I was like, man, man, that's exciting. you know, just watching the team play and perform so well. And then uh, later that evening, I, I I saw the news that uh, they, had, they had a cornerback position job open, and so at that point in time, I, I text, I reached out, I text Skip, I was like, hey. If you have any availability, I'd love to come because you saw the you saw the enthusiasm in the play of the, of the players on the field. Just watching that bowl game, it was something that I wanted to be a part of. And and uh, after that, things just happened, and I had the opportunity to come down. And two of the guys that you've had the opportunity to coach, obviously Amik Robertson and Legarius Sneed, um, two guys that are having success in the NFL. Obviously, Legarius a little bit more than a meek as a rookie but when you got the opportunity to get with those guys and work with them on a day-to-day basis what sets them apart from the other guys not necessarily from a talent standpoint but from a work ethic standpoint that allows them to reach their fullest potential and have the success that they're having in the nfl that they are today it's the mindset and the work ethic like you mentioned just with the work ethic standpoint when I first got to Ruston, I, I can remember um, on a Sunday afternoon, I was just driving around trying to get my bearings of, of the city of, of, of Ruston itself. And I can remember seeing a meek with his headsets on and a book backpack walking to the facility trying to work out on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, most young men, uh, in, especially from collegiate sports, you don't see that 
that work ethic, guys uh, that are willing to sacrifice and sacrifice their, their time and comfort level uh, to go continue to, to progress and get better. And then when I first uh, had the opportunity to meet LeJerry, there was I, he walked in the room and I was like, man, and verbatim, I said, you look like an NFL corner. And uh, he and I had a, a, a very good conversation. And he, he wanted, he told me, Coach, I, I, I need to teach me everything I need to know. I said, but you got to be willing to work at. And he did. He, he, he committed his time. He committed his effort. And, again, it's the mindset of guys that want to excel and be the best that they can be, not just, not just on the field but off the field. And that's, that's the difference in those two guys. The, the commitment was there. They wanted to learn. They studied the game. Uh, they watched the film. They did the extra things that needed to be done. Uh, to, to put themselves in position to be successful. And in your experience, obviously you've been around the collegiate game five, six years now. When you do go out on the recruiting trail, how hard is it to evaluate uh, some of those work ethic traits and some of the drive to win, the drive to be great? H- how hard is that to evaluate some of those things that need to happen off the field in order to have all that success on the field? You know, it, that's an interesting question. And you see the, the best way to answer that question is you can judge it based off what they do in the classroom uh you know for us even now uh, even more so now that we can't get into we, we can't get into the schools right now obviously with the situation we're dealing with but i, I would I, I would always say you can tell a competitor uh, if he's willing to compete on the field and also in the classroom and guys that have the work ethic typically are guys that are committed in, in both fields they they're willing to, to do what's necessary to, to give themselves an opportunity to, to play, whether it's on Friday nights or Saturday Saturday afternoon. And that's the biggest thing for me right now is to make sure that you evaluate the classroom just, just as much as the, the, the athletic field, um, especially now considering we don't get a chance to really watch them. But one of the things, the other things that I like to look at is seeing how many other sports that they play. If they uh, most most guys that are especially in, in high school, they want to go out and compete all the time, and they're playing different sports, whether it's basketball, baseball, whatever it may be. They find a way to go compete at, at all times, and that, those are the type of questions that I, I try to present to the coaches. And and you want to get a chance to see the kids, especially at practice. You can kind of tell their demeanor from practice, uh, but you want to see how mu- how many off the field things that are, that they're doing, and also check their check their schoolwork see if they're competing in the classroom just as much and you talk about you know following the 2019 season obviously you guys win 10 games I believe it was the first time the program has done that since 1984 you guys lose I believe it was seven of your top eight in the back end uh we we know that spring practice was canceled fall camp was a little bit uneven as well uh of course Bob Diaco leads for Purdue David Blackwell hired mm-hmm. as the new defensive coordinator And all these things culminate in a year, really, where you guys needed as much developmental work on that back end as you've ever needed. How difficult was it for you to navigate through not only the spring and into the summer and into the fall with a group of guys that didn't have a ton of playing experience? Did it change the way that you coached them? How did you kind of go about that throughout the year? It it, it changed a lot. It it changed from a a big Came a more mental approach than anything because of because of the situation we dealt with in the entire season uh, with COVID. Obviously, we there, I mean we went a whole month in November without, without having the opportunity to play. So you spent.
spent a lot of time just, you know, keeping the keeping the morale of the, especially the back end, keeping the morale, uh, keeping the guys focused, keeping them excited, keeping them enthused, and um, so it was a lot of mental preparation uh, because we we lost some physical aspects of it. We lost the opportunity to be on the field as much as we like, but in football you have to stay sharp mentally. And especially when you have to go out and compete on a high level, you want to make sure that the guys are focused all the time. And it, it was tough. It was tough to say, to say the least. But as a coach, I, I know I have to do a better job overall uh, from a technique standpoint. But it spent a lot of time in the mental preparation, uh, keeping the guys' morale uh, up to par and keeping them prepared to play week to week. And one guy I wanted to ask you about was a true freshman, Cedric Woods, obviously right from right down the road in Monroe at Carroll High School. Uh, Woods comes in, I believe he played the most snaps on the defense as a true freshman. And uh, I know he made some mistakes at times, but he also held his own as well, uh, really. And you guys had the ability to put him on an island at times, uh, especially late in the year in some games, to get some really good quality receivers uh, whether it be against North Texas or TCU or in the bowl game against Georgia Southern, what kind of set Cedric Woods apart early in fall camp that allowed you guys to give some of the belief in him to know that he was going to be ready as a true freshman? Just his mental focus uh, when he first walked into training camp. He had a professional mentality about what he was doing. Uh, he prepared, uh, he, he watched, he listened, he learned. Uh, he, when, whenever I had questions about schematics, he, he I could I could call on him. And he was prepared, and when you have a young guy that was that focused and that prepared mentally, uh, you, you have to give him a chance. And then his physical attributes just just came into play as 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 the year kept as the year progressed. Even in training camp, you, you saw the the competitive edge. Uh, yes, he he, um, he. There were some times during the year that you'd like to see some things uh, done differently. But he has a tremendous upside, and I think his preparation and his mental focus is the, is the one thing that gave him the edge and allowed him to play so many plays. Now, with that said, I, I, I wish I wouldn't have to play him as much <laughs> as I did because, it, you know, his body as a, as a freshman, he was just yeah. in high school last year, and he wasn't playing as many plays. Uh, in hindsight, um, I should have done a better job of uh, taking some reps off of him, but uh, he has, like I said before, he has a tremendous upside and, and definitely will continue to make an impact. And so when you look ahead to 2021, I believe uh, as crazy as it may seem, spring practice is just two months away. What what are some <laughs> things that you'll be looking to work on uh, with your defensive backs, not only in the spring, but into the summer and the fall as well? I know you guys, obviously you got a lot of guys, some experience back there. We talked about Woods, B.J. Williamson as well, really progressed as a redshirt sophomore, Jaden Cole, and some of those guys, what are you guys looking to work on the most in this in the spring practice coming up here in a couple of months? I would say two words, as simple as it may sound: uh, technique and fundamentals. Uh, we have to be more tech, uh, technique sound, and we have to have our fundamentals have to improve. And I'm excited about uh, spring ball because obviously we didn't get it last year, but uh, this is a this is a great opportunity for us to progress as a, as a unit more so but the, the two words like I said are the things that we're going to work on is our, our simple things whether we're taking one step two steps whatever it may be but our technique and our fundamentals have to improve in, in uh, spring ball and that's what I'm looking forward to absolutely coach well we appreciate you joining us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys get back to work 
uh, this spring and leading into next fall. Absolutely. I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Coach. Jeff Burris, Louisiana Tech defensive backs coach, joining us tonight. Tremendous stuff. And, and listen, uh, I, I know a lot throughout the year we talked about the defensive backs and their play and some of the struggles that they had. But like we talked about, you lose seven of your top eight and your two deep from 2019 to 2020. You couple that with no spring practice. You couple that with the stop and starts that you had throughout fall camp. You're going to have some issues on the back end. But there's some talent back there. We talked about Cedric Woods. We talked about B.J. Williamson, uh, who I think is an all-conference guy or has a chance to be an all-conference guy at the safety position. Uh, you couple that with the additions of Elijah Hamilton from Vanderbilt, Balin Buchanan from Tennessee. I know they're still looking to add a guy or two back there on the back end. This Tech defense has a chance to be pretty good in 2021, and Jeff Burris has done a tremendous job with that group throughout his first three years in Ruston, and I know he'll continue to do a good job as well. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. We come back. We're going to take a look at Louisiana Tech. The Dunkin' Dogs went on the road, split a couple games at Western Kentucky. You're listening to Bleed Take Blue Radio, Sports Talk, 99.3 FM. Bulldog fans, this is Chris Brister from Brister's Smokehouse, and I'd like to invite you to our new location, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston, across the street from our old location. Stop in and try our famous scatter load on your choice of four different types of bread. Our barbecue nachos are piled high with your favorite type of meat, and you have to taste for yourself our tender and juicy smoke-cooked chicken, my personal favorite. So whether you're in town or at a tech game or just in the mood for the best barbecue in town, come see us at Brister's Smokehouse, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston. The Courtesy Automotive team is giving you even more. Just announced the new Courtesy Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, along with Courtesy Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac. Two locations, eight brands one goal to give you more choices great prices and the best service shop all eight brands online at buycourtesy.com courtesy automotive now serving you from both sides of i-20 at exit 86 in reston courtesy a great place to buy a car this may be an unprecedented year but it's still an exciting year for latte and Fairway Carts in Minden remains loyal blue. From the new football season to the growth and improvements in the sports facilities, Fairway Carts is proud to support everything good at LaTeX. And everything good is more fun on a new Easy Go. So stop by and let them show you the right golf cart, utility, or multi-passenger Easy Go for your family from Fairway Carts in Minden. Call today, 371-CART, and go Bulldogs! At First National Bank, we have a strong team of bankers who are dedicated to meeting the needs and dreams of our customers. With competitive rates, tailored loans, and exceptional customer service, your experience with us is sure to be like no other. We invite you to come tailgate before every Louisiana Tech home game. First National Bank, we are the uncommon bank. Visit us online at fn.bank, member FDIC. Yes. We are experts. Just ask us. Sports Talk 99.3. Want to find out stuff about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Cards Hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, John Tabor. We roll along. 
about 11 minutes until 7. Of course, coming up at 7 o'clock, Talvin Hester, Louisiana Tech, Duncan Dogs assistant coach will join us. Duncan Dogs went on the road this past weekend, split a couple of games at Western Kentucky. Just looking at the first game, um, it was a game in which, and I think, I think I come on the post-game show tapes following football games, and I think I comment on Conference USA football officials, and I, and I say they're downright terrible every every week, every year. And I think that the officials in this game would qualify uh, for something of that magnitude, possibly even harsher than that. Um, Western Kentucky attempted 31 foul shots in this game, and in any time that you watch college basketball and you see 31 free throw attempts. Of course, Tech had 16 of its own. Um, it, it's hard to watch. And, and the college game. It's two to one disparity, BC. Hey, you ain't winning too many basketball games at that, uh, especially when uh, the Dunkin' Dogs of their own go 56% at the line. But uh, we won't mention that. Dogs have struggled at the line uh, a number of games this year. But. You know, Tech had an opportunity, like I said in the open, had an opportunity to win the basketball game. You lose 66-64, but you had a chance late in this game. Uh, Tech actually led, what was it, 64-63 after a Crawford jumper with 111 to go before Hollingsworth drives off the right side, lays it in off the glass, then... Tech. I'll give Hollingsworth credit. That was a nice finish. No, it was no, it's a very good finish. It, it wasn't an easy gimme layup. No, he made a good play. He but made, then you come back down the floor and you miss a layup of your own with twenty seven seconds. Draw it up. Then Archibald takes um I'm gonna say a suspect three. I, I guess that's the best way to put it, with I believe twelve seconds to go. Send Western Kentucky back to the foul line. They miss a pair. A pair. A 92% free throw shooting rolls misses a pair. And then Archibald misses another three. And you end up losing the basketball game. And it was an unfortunate loss, like I mentioned. But you look at some of the statistics in the game. You know, Tech shot 41% from the field. Western Kentucky shot 35% from the field. Tech went 5 of 22 from behind the three-point line. Western Kentucky shot 2 of 17. By the way, this Western Kentucky team with Stansbury, they can never shoot the dead gum basketball. It blows my mind that they can't find shooters. Free throw line. Tech goes 9 of 16 for 56%. Unacceptable. Yeah, I think Ledoux was 1 of 5. Ledoux was shooting 88% at the line prior to the Marshall, uh, last Marshall game. He's now down to 71%. He's just, it's a mental block for him. It's real, it's, it's concerning, uh, obviously. Uh, to go from 88 to 72% over the course of three games and go one and five. Listen, he makes he makes four or five. Tech wins the basketball game if all things are equal and it goes the same way. Western Kentucky goes 24 of 31 at the line of their own. But the biggest difference in the game to me was this. Western Kentucky hammered Tech on the glass. It was 46-33 in favor of Western Kentucky. Hilltoppers never led by more than nine. Tech never led by more than five. And we talked about last week that Tech had to do a good job at keeping Charles Bassey at bay. Charles Bassey, first off, I'm not sure how much Stansbury paid the dude to get him up there to Bowling Green. I think he's a pro. Oh, I think he's a top 20, 
He's a first rounder. I mean, he's a six eleven, seven foot big. He went for twenty four seventeen and four against Tech Friday night. He shut in this in this two game series tapes. He showed the ability to make free throws at a high rate. He can finish at the rim. He can run pick and roll, and he also knocked down three threes. I mean, he's a modern day NBA big that can play 30, 35 minutes a night. And it, they talked about on the broadcast, who does he remind you of? And I heard the Capella reference. And I'm like, he's a little bit of a Capella, but Capella can't step away from the no, bucket. No, he's bigger. He's taller and longer than Capella. Capella. Yeah. yeah. And, and listen, he's a really good basketball player. There's no, And he was the difference in this game. I mean, you look at what he did to Junior. And, and listen, Junior's a freshman. Junior's 6'7", 6'8", 270. He's still learning to play against guys like this, but... Lofton picked up two fouls within about the first 2.30 of the game, and he didn't score in 16 minutes. It's the first time he had scored all year. He's been averaging 11-6 and six as a true freshman. Bassey completely shut him down and took him out of the game. I know Gordon was good with 12-10 and 10 for his first career double-double, but Bassey took Lofton out of the game, and it really had Tech out of sorts early in the game. Now, it wasn't what ended up costing Tech, but ultimately – that's what it boiled down to. Charles Bassey was the best player on the floor Friday night. So you shift to Saturday. And this was a game that you hate to say that you're in a must-win situation in your fourth game of the conference slate, but it was a must-win. Tech had to figure out a way to get a win in Bowling Green. And the Dogs did it. Give Cockle and his staff some credit. 63-58, I believe, is the first win in 20 years in Diddle Arena. Uh, of course, you know, Tech has it also always been – uh, member of Conference USA with Western Kentucky. They do go back to their Sunbelt days. It was also the first time a road team had won in this series in the last 12 meetings. So this game meant a lot. Archibald bounced back from a 2 of 15 performance on Friday night to go 5 of 8 from the field, 2 of 3 from downtown, scored a team high 14 points, also dished out 4 assists. A much more efficient effort from the senior guard out of Deltona, Florida. But the big thing for me was this. Gordon and Lofton stood up to Bassey and said, you're not going to take this basketball game over. They combined for 17-9. and nine. They also have two steals and a block. Limit Bassey to 14 points, 13 rebounds, and Tech was only minus three on the glass, 34-31. Tech also went a little bit better, 9 of 13 at the line for 69%. But they also limited Western Kentucky to only 13 free throw attempts of their own. Now, they make 92%. I think they're one of the top five teams in the country when it comes to free throw percentage. But it was just a really good defensive effort throughout the weekend. The difference was Tech defended without fouling on Saturday in order to earn a 63-58 win and get a huge split on the road. Tech had an early 20-point lead in the first half, led by 14 at the break. Western Kentucky tightened things up in the second half like we knew they would. They weren't going to go away on their home floor. It's not easy to win up there. And listen, Tech made some plays down the stretch that allowed themselves to get the win. Rawls made it a one-point game with 140 to go. Pemberton had the huge tip-in off of the missed three. I can't remember who missed the three, but he came flying in off the wing, tapped it back in, made it 61-58. It 
Tech got a stop on the defensive end with seven seconds to go, and Ledoux iced it. But it was just a really good performance, and I think this Tech team, and we're going we're gonna to continue to learn this throughout the year, that Tech has to defend at a high level if they are going to compete for not only a regular season conference championship, but really to be one of the upper-tier teams in the league, say, in the top four. Because there's no doubt in my mind, after watching Tech play Marshall and Western Kentucky, Tech's one of the more talented teams in the league. They can match up with you. Whether you go big or you go small, they can match up with Crawford and Pemberton. They can throw Junior and Gordon at you as well. This team has a chance to win. But I think it's also been really telling to see that Tech's best offense in 2020-2021 might be to play inside-out versus outside-in like we've seen throughout the first five years of Conkle's tenure. For, real quick, let's get to some of the conference standings before we get to the next time out. Get Talvin Hester on the Fairway Carts hotline. UAB leads the league 2-0. and Rice is 3-1. and Louisiana Tech, UTEP tied for third in the West Division at 2-2. and North Texas is 1-1 and after splitting on the road at UTSA. Southern Miss is 1-3. Uh, they continue to struggle playing the old round ball in Hattiesburg. And then UTSA, who comes to the Thomas Assembly Center, is 1-3 as well. Of course, we mentioned it last week, Conference USA will be doing a split division schedule throughout the year. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. We come back. Louisiana Tech men's basketball assistant coach Talvin Hester will join us. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, 99.3 FM. So you're getting a stimulus check and tax refund. Need a way to make them stretch? Call Ideal Portable Buildings for a custom-built storage building in whatever size you need. With Ideal, you get top-quality buildings with the best customer service and best prices in North Louisiana. How do we know? Because people tell us all the time. Double the value of that refund with a new building from Ideal Portable Buildings. Find them on Facebook or visit IdealPortableBuildingsLLC.com. At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. The Courtesy Automotive team is giving you even more. Just announced the new Courtesy Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, along with Courtesy Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac. Two locations, eight brands, one goal. To give you more choices, great prices, and the best service. Shop all eight brands online at buycourtesy.com. Courtesy Automotive, now serving you from both sides of I-20 at exit 86 in Ruston. Oh, Courtesy, a great place to buy a car. This may be an unprecedented year, but it's still an exciting year for La Tech. And Fairway Carts in Minden remains loyal blue. From the new football season to the growth and improvements in the sports facilities, Fairway Carts is proud to support everything good at La Tech. And everything good is more fun on a new Easy Go. So stop by and let them show you the right golf cart, utility, or multi-passenger Easy Go for your family from Fairway Carts in Minden. Call today, 371-CART, and go Bulldogs! Just think of us as a ringside seat to instant replay. 
Sports Talk 99.3. Don't have time to keep up with Louisiana Tech sports the way you'd like to? No worries. Just listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Cards hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio. BC, John Tabers, we roll along on this Tuesday night. Join us on the Fairway Cards hotline, Louisiana Tech. Men's basketball assistant coach Talvin Hester. Coach, what's going on tonight? Nothing much, nothing much. Just getting out of workouts and, and trying to just watch a little film before I get to work tomorrow. That's all. Hey, just do doing what you do, huh? <laughs> How's everything going with you guys? Oh, pretty good. Coach, I wanted to jump into a few things before we get to the play on the floor. Obviously, we've seen in recent years uh, Louisiana Tech pulling a, a number of uh more players from the state of Texas, and you've been instrumental in pulling the guys like a Kobe Williams or a Junior Lofton and some of those guys. What would you attribute some of that success to, and what do you guys use on the recruiting trail to sell Louisiana Tech to some of these kids from the state of Texas? I attribute a lot to um, that, that's just where I'm from, and that's where most of my career has been. So the relationships I've built on the way um, to to being a college coach were all there. I started as a as an AAU coach um, and just kind of worked my way up over the years. But but I think a big part of us being able to seal the deal on them is, is Coach Conkle and um, and our staff. I, I think when they when we bring these kids and their families around, our staff puts their arms around them and and the families can feel. And if you talk to the parents of these kids. A lot of them will tell you that our staff is what sold these kids uh, on the school, and I think an extension of our staff is the people in Ruston. And uh, once these kids get here, they really like it because the people kind of put their arms around them and they become their own, you know. So it, it's been for me. It's you know it's kind of what I've I've known, but our our staff does a really good job, and Coach Kunkel does a really good job of of making these kids feel really home and making the place seem really family oriented. And when you do go out on the recruiting trail, obviously uh, things in the last you know nine ten months have been a little bit different. But when you get an opportunity to recruit these kids, how, how do you determine whether or not not only is a player good enough, but the type of person that a kid is? Will they fit into the Louisiana Tech program? Do you do you evaluate it from watching the kid in person? Do you uh, get a lot of video of the kid? Do you trust the recommendations of those connections that you do have? How do you go about those things when it comes to identifying uh, the targets that you guys really want to go after on the recruiting trail? You know, I think it's a little bit of all of what you said, and then there's just a little bit of feel to go to it. Um, I, I've been kind of blessed to work at a lot of different schools and a lot of different conferences, um, from the Southland to the WAC to the American to the Summit League. To, to the SWAC, to uh, now Conference USA. I've worked at JUCO. I've worked at NAI. And you just kind of get to a place and you know what it takes to win there. And I keep that mindset when I go other places. So I, I know what a Southland player that wins a championship looks like. We won the championship with Stephen F. Austin, you know. I know what a player in the WAC back when I was in the WAC, which is pretty much the Mountain West now, looked like, and I saw what it took to win in that league. 
I, I know what a player in the summit looks like. So then when you go out and recruit, you kind of keep those thoughts in mind when you watch um, um, guys that you're, you're evaluating and you kind of say, well, you know what, that kid's probably a little more Southland than Compton USA or he's probably a little more Big West than Compton USA or, he, or he, he's probably Big 12 and I don't know if he'll come to Compton USA. You just kind of got to put those thoughts in your head. Uh, sometimes you want to swing for the fences. But, uh, you know, you don't want to be a, a home run hitter that strikes out more than you swing. So you got to kind of have a feel for what level you think a kid is and then just attack it. And, Coach, you look at this past weekend, obviously you guys go on the road to Western Kentucky, a tough place to win. You figure out a way uh, to get a split. Obviously the tough two-point loss Friday night. You bounce back with a five-point win on Saturday evening in Bowling Green. Uh, what were some of your key takeaways uh, from the team's performance in those two performances? You know, we really defended both games, and it was uh, the, the game plan that we put ahead. I think they executed it wonderfully. I think the difference in the two nights uh, was our shots fell a little more the second night, um, more than they did so the first night. And I think Western Kentucky came out blazing. Uh, they have a really good team. Um, but I thought we were prepared. And so um, when we defended, we gave ourselves a chance the first night, but we had to go back and tweak a few things and, and, and really lock in and focus, and our guys did. And we tweaked a few things, and, and the shots failed. You can never control that, but you can control the defensive end of the floor. And I thought our guys did a really good job. Their mindset was right. They were locked in uh, in film session after the first game, and we went out there and executed the second game. How difficult is it as a, as a coach that's been around college basketball for as long as you have to really instill in the minds of these 18- to 22-year-olds that really the games are won on the defensive end of the floor? You know what? I think that's a battle at every level. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, at every level. Um but once they get a taste of success with it, usually they really they really lock in and buy into it. Um, it's just getting them to believe it. And, I, you know, you, you build it and you start your, your process of uh, teaching in the summer when these kids get on campus, and you kind of build up to it, and you just emphasize it every day. And you just make them do it every day. And, and once they start seeing the fruits of all the work that they put in um, in the off season. I think that they buy into it more and they believe in it and those wins start stacking up and, and, and you know, everybody wants to win. Nobody really wants to go out and be a loser. So I would think those are the ways that, that uh, you do it by just uh, emphasizing it and, and uh, taking it to the floor and seeing it happen and seeing the success you can get from it. And you look at some of the success that you guys have had throughout the year. Uh, obviously, you know, having the big guys like Drew inside along with Junior and then the ability to go small at times with Crawford at the five and JP at the four. How beneficial has that been to you guys knowing that regardless of how an opponent attacks you, you always have that counter in your back pocket? No, it's really good. It, it is. It, I would say in the, in the past few years we've been kind of small. Um, so we were always with Mo. We were always playing small ball, but Mo played as big as anybody, but he could play small ball too. But to be able to have two big horses down there in junior and, and Drew, um, and then to be able to switch it up with Isaiah gives us a lot of versatility. Um, it allows us to change on the fly. 
Um, it allows us to uh, either dictate what happens in a game, which we would like to do more than match up and chase uh, another opponent, but it allows us to be prepared for whatever opponent might throw at us. And you talk about some of the guard play. Obviously, Amari has a tremendous amount of experience. Caleb Ledoux as well. Uh, Kobe continues to get more seasoned at the point guard position as well. Uh, Xavier Christian continues to get back in the flow of the game as, and has provided some solid minutes off the bench. But I wanted to ask you about Jace Bass. I know he hasn't uh, necessarily gotten a ton of minutes, extended minutes throughout the year, but how important will he be for you guys to give you 10 to 15 minutes of quality play, whether it be at the point guard or the shooting guard spot off the bench, and really provide at sometimes a scoring spark uh, when you guys are struggling to score at times? No, I think it's important that he gets in the fold, um, you know, and just keeps picking up the system and working hard in practice and giving us more depth. Um, and I think we need that. These back-to-backs um, are a lot of minutes in a, in a couple of days. And, and the more prepared, the more bodies you have, um, the better off you, we can be. I really believe that, and I think our staff believes that. So we really need him to keep uh, working hard and getting better. And like I said, we'll need him. Um, and if we can use him and he can get out there and, and, and take his practice to the games, I think we could be really good with the depth that he'll bring us. And you look ahead to this weekend with UTSA. Uh, I think you look at them on paper and you obviously see Jackson and Wallace and, and their ability – uh, to really score 40 on any night. How, how difficult is that for you guys to defend, uh, knowing that the Roadrunners are so perimeter-oriented? You know, they're, they're a tough team. And those two guys, like I guess they, they both can have it on. Um, I think we're going to lock into a game plan and, and, and go to the drawing board as far as Coach Conkle and the staff and try to figure out uh, what is our best way to guard them. And if we can lock into that, I, I think we'll be pretty good. They, they are going to be – remember, this is not football. There's no shutouts in basketball. <laughs> so uh, we know they're going to score points. We know they're going to have good days. We know they're going to have – you know. But if we can just limit it and uh, defend like we want to defend and play good teams, solid defense, uh, and share the ball on offense, I, I think, you know, we have a good chance of winning those games. Absolutely, Coach. Well, tremendous stuff tonight. We certainly appreciate you taking some time out. Uh, I know you guys are busy this time of, time of year, and we're looking forward uh, to two fun matchups Friday and Saturday night inside the Thomas Assembly Center. We're looking forward to them, too, and if anybody's out there listening, if you want to come out, we would love your support. Um, during these times, it, 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 it is so special to see people bleeding tech blue. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thank you so much. Talvin Hester, assistant men's basketball coach at Louisiana Tech, joined us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Talvin's done such a good job. Uh, during his tenure on Eric Conkle's squad and provided some tremendous insight. And you talk about the matchups with UTSA this weekend. Uh, you go back to a year ago in San Antonio, I believe Javon Jackson dropped 43. I think he had 11 threes in that game. So slowing him down, slowing down Keaton Wallace will certainly be the focal point of Louisiana Tech's game plan. I know uh, that they the UTSA has gotten better over the years. I mentioned that they're 1-3. and three. Um, you know, in the early portion of Conference USA play. But this is a dangerous team that can really put the ball in the basket uh, with Jackson and Wallace. Uh, Jackson's been a lot more efficient uh, in his junior year. I believe he's a junior now, averaging 19 points a game on 47% shooting from the field. So let's go ahead and take our final timeout of the night. When we come back, we're going to put a bow on it. The Athletic 
released their college football end of the year rankings 1 through 127. I'm going to take a look at some Conference USA programs. You're listening Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 99.3 FM. Hey, DQ fans, the Brownie Dough Blizzard of the Month is the most delicious dough discovery of the century. We've combined a flavor of brownie batter and the texture of cookie dough to create a scrumptious invention. Brownie Dough. Get this blizzard treat today and enjoy brownie dough, chocolate chunks, and rich cocoa fudge blended with our famous DQ soft serve. It's a taste bud breakthrough. Only if you're DQ. Happy taste good. Uncommon, how would you describe it? Would it be above the ordinary? Outstanding? Exceptional? First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank, is above the ordinary. An outstanding bank dedicated to exceptional customer service, trust, and courtesy. First National Bank, we promise to be uncommon in all the things we do. Member FDIC. Hey Bulldog fans, this is Mark Richardson with BMW Motors in Arcadia. Are you looking for the lowest possible price for a used car or truck? My fellow Bulldog and partner Jeff Robinson has been out scouring area dealerships looking for the best possible deals. When he finds them, we bring them to BMW Motors in Arcadia and pass on those deals to you. Come check us out in Arcadia and when you do, you'll be able to say, I know I got the best deal. Go dogs. BMW Motors in Arcadia. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics. Plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. The Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show is brought to you in part by O'Neill Gas. O'Neill Gas offers propane delivery to homes and businesses throughout North Louisiana and South Arkansas. They also offer a wide range of propane and natural gas appliances. For more info, go to O'NeillGas.com. From the workout to the fallout, we're all in. Sports Talk 99.3. You gotta love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts Hotline, 888-993-7762. Mentioned earlier in the show, Alabama closed out the 2020 college football season with a 52-24 national championship win over the Buckeyes, the boys from Columbus, Ohio State, last night. So, the Athletic... Great, great website that has been developed over the years. You might not like all of their personalities, but I really love uh, the way that they go about the stories that they do tell. They do a great job uh, at connecting with athletes uh, in really all forms of sports uh, and, and really getting to some of the finer details that they do tell. And so they come out today um, and – 
rank their college football teams, 1 to 127. And so I had an opportunity to look at the article. And, you know, you have your normal teams up there near the top. But I really wanted to break down the teams in Conference USA. How about this, Tapes? I got to mention this. It just ruffles the living hell out of my feathers. They, The final ranking that they had ULL was number 10. Agree or disagree? Repeat that now. ULL. The Athletic had them number 10 in the country. 10? 10. It's absurd. They had about three. My head hurts. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Tapes. Thank you. That, honestly, that that's unbecoming of that, that website. Yeah. Thank you. That, that's a big it's a big black. Am eye. I being a hater? Absolutely. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Wouldn't be Sports Talk ninety seven point seven if we weren't. <laughs> Bottom line. They're dirty and they're filthy. Those dirty, filthy Cajuns. They are what they are. But I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> All right. Looking at some teams in Conference USA. We'll run through them. Obviously, we're not going to include the winless ODU Monarchs. Chose not to play. Great decision. Bet Ricky Ricky Rain's pretty happy he was hired as the head coach up there. Head coach the game, yep. Hired a year ago. All right, UAB, number 47. Marshall, number 49. UTSA, number 61. FAU. Number 80. La Tech, 86. Western Kentucky, 94. Western Kentucky was downright dog crap. Charlotte, 102. North Texas, 103. UTEP, 109. Middle Tennessee, 110. Rice, 111. <laughs> as taste continues to chuckle. Southern Miss, 113. Oh. FIU, 125. All right, first things first. Half the league is ranked 100th or worst. I don't think that's too surprising. Second off, I found this surprising. UTSA at 61. UTSA did not beat UAB. UTSA did not beat FAU. Why UTSA is ahead of FAU is mind-boggling to me. Albeit 19 spots is even more absurd. Tech at 86, fifth best team in conference USA. They have a win over UAB, which is a good win. Probably Tech's best win of the year. Not probably, it is. Excuse me. Tech's other wins in conference came against... So UAB 47, North Texas 103, UTEP 109, Southern Miss 113. You get the point. Um, So UTSA being 25 spots ahead of Tech after only beating the Bulldogs by one. That bothers me to some degree. But then I clue in a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? These guys didn't put a lot of research into this. They put 5-7 and Western Kentucky at number 94. But how about this? It gets even better. North Texas, the 103rd ranked team in the country, went bowling. Does that tell you what you need to know about bowl games? Not only did they go bowling, I believe App State ran for 500 yards on the poor mean green. And Seth Luttrell and his $1.7 million in free private jet flights will be hiring his fourth defensive coordinator in four years. 
But don't worry. It's the highest-paid coach in Conference USA, and I believe he's two two games over 504 years. So I just want to go through that. Of course, Louisiana Tech, 86 out of 127. Uh, I think, you know, Tech goes 5-5. Five and five. I don't think anybody would say it was a great year on the gridiron for the Bulldogs. Honestly, if you watch Tech play, 86 might be a little higher than I would have put them with the performances that we saw, especially in the last two or three games of the year, especially against TCU and Georgia Southern. But it is what it is. It's all subjective. We could argue it uh, a number of different ways. I know Beck's mentioned it a number of times. After after he saw that Southern Miss win in week one, Beck Hayes was fired up. Well, I, I think you got a big pile from about 65 or 70 back to about 105, 110. That they're all Go just, any, yeah. just a bunch of mediocre football. No, great point. You could argue, yeah, you, you could put 105 up there at 65, and I don't think too many people would bat an eye. If they beat them on a Saturday. Yeah, exactly. There, there's no doubt about that. So coming up this weekend in Louisiana Tech Athletics, like I mentioned, Duncan Dogs at home Friday night. There's a 6.30 p.m. tip against UTSA, 6 p.m. tip on Saturday night. Both those games will be can be streamed on ESPN Plus. I know Dave Niss, Jack Thickpin will have the radio calls on KXKZ 107.5. Lady Texers will be on the road at UTSA down in San Antonio. Real quick, let me get you the tip times for those. Looks like that's a 6 p.m. tip Friday night, 4 p.m. tip Saturday afternoon for the ladies. Friday game, CSA TV. Saturday game is ESPN+. Plus. Malcolm Butler will have the radio calls for both of those on right here, 99.3 FM. So, been a fun show tonight. I want to thank Jeff Burris for joining us at 630. I want to thank Talvin Hester for joining us at 7, previewing the, the Gridiron Dogs and the Duckin' Dogs, respectively. Always a fun show with you, John Tabor. So, I'm BC. We'll be back same time. Same place next week. We'll see you.